This week on Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we welcome Calvin Wood, fellow podcaster and Star Trek superfan. We talk about his relationship with Star Trek, his podcast, and of course, we talk a little bit about Star Trek Picard Season 3. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. Hey, Johnson. Happy Easter slash Holy Week. (laughs) Well, Holy Week is over. It is Easter. Well, Holy Week is over. Yeah. How's your week been? Was it like everything that you imagined? Was it like crazy busy? It was it was busy. Yes. Um, Yeah. And uh, then uh, Dennis went and got COVID. So I know. And then I got optimal and you got COVID. do, do you guys both think that he got it first? Yeah. I mean, there's not really much of a exposure risk for me. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. I can't even. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that we, you know, we were both in Atlantic City. But again, we're not like we're not going to big parties and hanging out with tons of people and, you know, right. All of that. So yeah, it just, it seems most likely that he got it through work. Um, got it. So yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah. And it started more like a cold for him and uh, a cough, which is really annoying because he would cough all night long and woke me up and yeah, no, that's annoying. And realized that he was, I mean, I didn't, you know, we just thought it was a cold. So, um, but yeah, turned out to be COVID. Yeah, yeah. but you you guys feel okay. I mean, you're also on Paxlovid, so that helps. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, I just literally tested positive last night, so yeah. Um, I you know I, I have some extra post nasal drip, but um, I still went running today. So hey, uh, I'm you know I feel lucky to be feeling this good and to be positive. So. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was like, what? COVID's still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I haven't yeah. heard of people getting it anymore. Like, Dennis um, is one of the more recent ones. Like, before that, I don't yeah. really remember the last time I heard of someone else getting it. No, I don't either. So, you know, when, you know, and so he even, so he worked on Thursday. And Thursday night, he stayed a little bit late and did his own pcr test and the pcr test was negative on thursday night so oh it's not it's you know so uh it was actually a home test on friday night that you know um mm. told them after a negative morning covid home test so it's just really weird so anyway so here we yeah. are i feel fine thankfully yeah. obviously vaccines work and uh yes so science people science works. science yeah science we love science um, yes so yeah I'm, I'm happy that we you know are both fine you know he's got more of a cough and uh stuff but i'm mostly fine so i feel you know yeah. i was going out for a run run today so you know can't complain uh but uh yeah 
So happy Easter to us, though. Yeah. Going in, no going out, and uh, yeah, except for walking Hamish. Um, that's really, in fact, he walked him while we were recording today. So um, that was the first time he's been out since Thursday. So, oh, well, there we uh, go. There we go. So, yeah. So yeah. Um, how are you doing? What's new in your world? How was um. Your week? Yeah, I'm. Just- yeah, I know I'm doing okay. Um, work's been a lot, so just trying to keep my head above water. I took Thursday and Friday off, but I ended up just working Thursday because I just had too much to do. So I was like, let's just have meetings and do work. So I ended up working like six, seven hours on Thursday. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So. so did you re- recall your PTO day or no? I'm like, whatever. I have so much PTO. I'm just like, I'm never going to yeah. use it. So it's no big deal. Uh, so yeah, um, there's that. And I was, I think I mentioned this last time maybe, or maybe not. I don't remember. I had, I had gone on a couple of days with this guy, but it kind of fizzled right. off this week. It's just been, I, I think there's just been starting to be a lack of interest on both sides and, Literally, our first date was a month and a half ago. Then we had a right. second date three weeks later, and we haven't even had a third date. It's just a, it's too spaced out to really, I think, maintain a certain level of enthusiasm and interest. It's at a certain point. It's like, I don't yeah. think it's anyone's right. fault necessarily. I think it's circumstance, and maybe sure. if we were both more enthusiastic, we would have pushed it forward a little bit. It was just one of those situations where it's like, okay, well. So. He lives across the river, so that is that adds to the complication a little bit. And so I far, he lives <laughs> it's not in that New bad. Jersey, it's not so that bad. That is, yeah. I'm not saying it's horrible. I, I guess but I'm he, saying it's an extra. You know, it's sure. I mean, sure. That's like I mean, I think he's closer. I think it's closer than if he was to live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's actually like parts of Brooklyn are really far, or Queens. Sure. So. But he has to take a bus to get to the city, which is seems to be. He, yeah, he needs to get. Like, <laughs> I feel it's a lot of it's. I feel a lot of it's mental. Like he, he takes a bus, but it takes him fifty minutes on the bus to get to Port Authority. Mm. So that's not that bad. Meanwhile, I try to go to some areas in Brooklyn, and I'm like, this is typically like an hour. So I don't mm. know. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, so that's over. Um, but I'm kind of just like, eh, whatever. Just like when will Def come? Right to die alone. That's fine. <laughs> All you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just get back out there, and I'm sure that there eh. are. I'm kind of almost like yeah. not in a rush to get back out there. It's kind of just like sure. No. Yeah. I mean, but it's also you know, it's funny. In the past, I've experienced sort of a, not this year specifically, but in the past, during Lent, I have often seen a dip in my personal well in my life in general i can't say if it's Mm -hmm. work and or personal life um and so you know i you know and then things inevitably get better after easter so um Mm -hmm. we're also in well getting into spring so the weather in general has been warmer so yeah so yeah um things things will get better johnson things will get better yeah, no, no, I'm not like, like it's it's not like bad, you know. It's I, I it, this goes back to I think me just 
I'm so I'm very happy being alone. So it's also kind of like the dating scene is so much work. Um, yeah, and I'm perf- I'm also perfectly content not dating or going on dates. So I, I need to like scrounge up the enthusiasm from somewhere, you know. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we'll see. But no, the week's been the week's just been busy. It's it's mostly work stuff and. Yeah, I think there were a couple of days where you were we were talking to each other. It's, it's like nine PM. I'm like, I gotta do some I check some emails. I gotta do some work, you know. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. insane. That uh yeah. yeah. So but that's the pace uh, of my job. It's it's not that unusual, I think, for the industry. So got it. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm used to it. It's not a big deal. It doesn't phase me. You know, but uh work life balance too, you know, some Oh yeah. You know, balance i'm so, so i'm more social than you are you know you are absolutely yeah. you are, yes yeah. you you have a very full social life that yeah. is true. I'm ro- yes. yeah robust personal life so i think I'm fine. <laughs> you do yes yeah always with the dinners and yes yes seeing people friends having yes. people over Everybody. yeah i try to i try to make an effort there so yeah anyway you do um you do. yeah but uh, yeah, so we are um, getting close to the end of Picard season three. We are two weeks away. Um, and this week, we thought that we would have another guest join us to talk not only about Picard, uh, but also a little bit about his relationship with Star Trek. And his name is Calvin Wood. I mentioned that in the intro. Uh, but yeah, I... And we talk about a little, a little bit about this in our conversation, but I came across Calvin just through, I think it really started through our Trexperts uh, thing with Davey. And then that got me listening to a few other podcasts that are part of um, the BQ, BQ1 umbrella, which Trexperts is part of. And I came across Calvin um, because he was, he was on one of, the sister podcast. And I was like, Oh, this guy, you know, he seems interesting. He seems to be a bit of a super fan. He knows a lot about Star Trek. And he also is a co-host of his own podcast. So why don't we have him on? And um, just uh, know for our listeners, um, Mike and I are trying to just get more co-hosts to come on um, at space prime, just to add some additional voice to the banter that he and I have and just also other folks that are part of the LGBTQIA plus community, just to have another voice in the mix and get their perspective on things. So uh, that's why um, things have been also more spaced out um, on our podcast, because now we're trying to find folks to come on. Um, In addition to what we mentioned last week, which was there's a lot going on in our personal lives. Our lives are very busy at the moment, but Again, also just to add a little bit spice to the mix of how we've been doing this formula. So hopefully that's something yeah. that you are all enjoying. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we yeah. uh, bring Calvin into this conversation and uh, get things rolling? Yeah, no, sounds good. And uh, just to give a quick intro. Um, so Calvin Wood is from Manchester, England. Never been, but here is nice. Uh, he is a super fan, a cosplayer, and as mentioned, he is also a podcaster and one of the co-hosts of All Good Things, which is a Star Trek podcast on the BQN network. He is a Berman-era enthusiast, 
he and he is also a trivia expert, quote unquote,、um, that really has a special love for Deep Space Nine, as do many of us.、Um, away from Star Trek,、uh, Calvin is a fellow member of the LGBTQIA plus community and lives with his fiance James. And he works in safety,、uh, delivering consultancy and audit services throughout the UK. So, welcome, Kelvin. Thank you for having me. Lovely to meet you, Johnson. Lovely to meet you, Mike.、Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to to guest. Makes a nice change. Yeah, yes, for believe, sure.、Uh, when you first reached out to us was actually when we were about to be on the Trexperts quiz, and you were like, "Don't beat my high score." <laughs> your, your competitive nature started right away, and I, I think I replied and said, "There's not even a chance that we could touch your high score." Oh my、oh. god! Yeah, yeah. Mike and I are just not good. We, we just, we just pretend that we know stuff. But do you, do you、yeah. have any idea how stressful it's been that being on such an early episode and having to maintain that high score every week, <laughs>、yeah. thinking is someone going to beat me? And yeah, I think I've.、Uh, Earned a, a reputation of being a bit of a know-it-all in the、uh, trivia community、uh, for Star Trek now. So, but、oh、you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my. It was a special Deep Space Nine season two themed、uh, quiz. Oh, that was a hard one. Now that you're talking about it, I remember that, and that was when Davy had like really hard questions. Like I feel every question was almost a deep cut. Yeah, it's season two.、Yeah. I I would not profess that I'm a season two enthusiast. I mean, there are some great episodes, but I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, you know, I know all、yeah. about season two, Deep Space Nine. There was a there was a behind the scenes round, which is not. I'm all very much story detail as opposed to、uh, who, which actor played this and directors. So, but yeah, poor Christos, he got he got his ass handed to him. Uh, yeah, no, D- Davy. Sometimes people bust out the behind-the-scenes questions. I'm like, that's like, unless you're reading like Memory Alpha and you're also watching all the extras on these like Blu-rays. I don't know how I'm supposed to know that. Okay, well, there. Yes, oh yeah. Yes, if you、that. have, if you have the, if you have the right resources. Ours, yeah, you know, our behind-the-scenes round was pretty tough because it was Jadzia and. Kira based, and you know the one question right now that's sticking out to me is what show Terry Farrell went to after she left Deep Space Nine, and I still can't remember the name of it with Ted、mm. Danson, right?、Um, yeah, what was that called again? <laughs> yeah, I don't even. <laughs> We learned yeah, nothing. Uh, that, Wait, that Calvin, do you know? I w- I want to say Booker, like something Booker. like, or, or is it? Benson, really, Ted Danson. <laughs>、yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do, do not know. I've said to Davey, I have to stop listening to that podcast when I'm driving the car because there's a safety issue that I'm screaming at. There's like people at traffic lights looking at me, must think I'm, you know, crazy person. But I remember listening to your episode, and it was the question about what's Kira's mother called. And I was just screaming, "Maru, Maru!" at the top、oh, of my voice. <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't even get that. That's that's yeah, good. No, yeah, no.、Nope. Um. So yeah, Calvin, just would love to hear a little more about you know, like how you know what what kind of what kind of role has Star Trek like played in your life? Would just like to hear more about that and how you got involved in the All Good Things podcast. Tell us,、yeah. tell our listeners a little bit more about that and what you're doing there. Yeah, sure. So Star Trek itself is—I always refer to it as kind of the constant in my life. I can never 
not remember being a Star Trek fan. Um, I'm just over 40. We'll leave it at that. And uh, so I I, I came in... No, we're kind of the same age group, (laughs) same age bracket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm in that box. Um, So I I started Trek with TNG uh, when Mm -hmm. it started uh, in the UK... At the time, I mean, we're still 24 hours behind the US in getting Star Trek, but we were a few years behind. So I think it was probably when season three or four, or like kind of best of both worlds time. Oh, same, same. But that's when it, that's when we had it starting. Oh, that's when you started. Okay, okay. But, but that was when we got season one. So I didn't come straight yeah. in, but I remember um, a friend used to get uh, VHS tapes from America. So I saw some of the earlier seasons out of order. Mm. And so I remember seeing the the actual cliffhanger for Best of Both Worlds really early on. So I fell in love with it. It was my mm-hmm. kind of thing as a teenager. And, and I, I love mm. to explain to people that Star Trek means something very different back then as a young gay kid in the closet a bit awkward at school not really into sports doesn't have uh, Mm -hmm. a huge array of popular friends um through to now modern like contemporary kelvin star trek to me is all about friendships now and the people i've met at star Mm -hmm. trek las vegas or star trek the cruise or even just you know virtually um whereas back in the day without Mm -hmm. sounding too sad Star Trek was my companion. They were my friends. The characters mm-hmm. were my my family. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could sit there in my bedroom for days on end, not seeing any humans, but just immersing myself in the world of Star Trek and all yeah. its details. So it was it helped a lot with the loneliness of being a young gay kid in the mm-hmm. early 90s, whereas now yeah. I have hundreds of gay friends who were all right. Star Trek fans. So, yeah, it's it's been a huge 180. Uh, and I love that. I think it's a, a nice a nice journey. So, yeah, uh, speaking sure. of that, uh, did you come out when you were younger? It sounds like you, or you knew that you were gay when you were younger. Yeah, um, I think, when was it? It was probably 1998 uh, when I came out, when I was like about 16, 17. I'd just finished high school. Um, and in the UK, we ha- our kind of education system is you've got high school, um, which we finish at 16, and then you can do two years, what we call sixth form college, and then you go on to university if you're going into higher education. So those two years of sixth form are kind of, you finish school, you're feeling a bit more like an adult, people are turning 18, so we start drinking when we're 18. Well, legally, <laughs> we start drinking <laughs> earlier. Uh, but you're you're kind of becoming a bit. You're seen a bit more as an adult. So that was when I um, first started coming out to the girls in my little friendship group, as you do. Oh. Uh, and then yeah, and then I moved away um, from my hometown to to where I live now, Manchester. It's uh, it's got three universities, Manchester. So it's a very young city uh, with a great gay scene as well. Uh, and that's kind of. Again, it sounds very tragic, this, but I always say that's kind of when I feel my life started. That's when I established myself as an individual. You know, a bit like seven, seven of Nine being freed from the collective. Her life started on <laughs> Mine started when yeah. I moved away from my parents. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that that's probably a story that's similar for a lot of folks in the 
LGBTQ community that they didn't really yeah. start living until they kind of came out and embraced who they were. Yeah. Um, and that life changed from after that, you know? So, and before that, it's kind of uh, just this time when you were just trying to grapple with not, you know, not letting people know or just kind of mm-hmm. hiding that bit of yourself. And I guess finding refuge in stories like, like Star Trek. So absolutely, I think for absolutely. a lot of folks, that's really important, you know, to have mm-hmm. that kind of resource. Um, I would imagine that also um, knowing how you were watching Star Trek, it's probably good that it wasn't too serialized because you're probably watching things out of order. I've heard that from a lot of people, especially outside the U.S. Even in the U.S., because sometimes it's very confusing mm. because in the U.S. it was syndicated. So it wasn't always playing in order. Sometimes they would, there would be a, there would play, um, there would be like a baseball game and then it would, they would, the station would, instead of showing Star Trek, if the baseball game went long, just keep on showing the the game and then you wouldn't get that week's episode and then it will air the next day at like 2 a.m. Like it was just like very like all over the place. Yeah. So even for us folks in the U.S., I don't think it was it's probably it probably was a good thing that it wasn't too serialized back then in yeah. the early 90s, especially because it, it was very confusing. It wasn't too bad for us, really, in that towards the end of TNG, we um, got like cable services in the uk sky tv as it was then um so all of deep space nine and all of voyager were all in order but the uk used to do this really weird thing of they would show a season of voyager and then as soon as that is finished show the same year of deep space nine as with the overlap so we were always very neglected that we got deep space nine late and we, we we always got voyager early you know, because I remember um, the UK doesn't really do the big hiatus like the US does, where it will just stop for like the summer, se- uh, the spring, and be off for eight weeks and then restart. We would get it every week, so it, it was it was cool. But yeah, we always felt a little bit behind on Deep Space Nine, and I would mm. remember, th- you know, the chronology, thinking, well, I know how the season ends now for Voyager, and it's you know out of sync with I'm, I'm reading about deep space nine happening in in the star trek monthly mm. magazine and it would have been nice to see it in advance right. so yeah oh yeah, yeah i think that's that, because that uh uh voyager was floating the a new network at the time mm. so selling voyager out to other cable companies like sky would have made a lot more sense whereas deep space nine was still syndicated in the u.s yeah. For its whole run, so it never it never made the leap over to a to a specific channel. Whereas Voyager launched what was then UPN United Paramount, correct? Network. UPN, and mm-hmm. then that became CW, I think. Right, Johnson. Uh, they merged with yeah. the WB to become the CW. Oh, WB, yeah, yeah WD, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that makes sense that you got yeah. the you got Voyager first. But did you ever find any mates in? in Manchester when you were growing, like when you're there that yeah. like Star Trek or like, where did you? Yeah. I, I, I had, um, a primary school friend who I lost touch with in high school. We just kind of were in different year groups and kind of stopped hanging about together. But me and him would watch it together. And he was the one who used to get the, the VHSs, uh, for his older brother used uh, to get them delivered from okay. America. Uh, and then I remember a few friends in high, it was, you know, you know what high school's like for the little groups. It was, you know, I was with the geeks, let's face it. Sure. Um, but I remember we used to 
collect the playmates action figures so that was kind of our thing and then later they released like a customizable card game uh, yes so I was I so into to, the collateral card game. Yeah, so I used to love that as well. So we would play that, and I'd, you know, I think my dad would drive me around to his house on the other side of town every Wednesday night, and we'd play. Oh my god, the card games and yeah, all my friends were into magic. I don't know if you're familiar with a magic card game. No, like, no. Oh, okay. That was really big in the U.S. I don't know internationally. I'm, I feel magic must have like international presence, but. Now it's like the Pokemon card game. Now, now I was in the Pokemon. But um, yes, I, I had one other friend that was really into the collectible card game. And yeah, we would just bust it out. But it was literally just me and him. That was it. There was nobody else. <laughs> this is two of us. So yeah, I had, so. I had a few friends in that way. But it was more... My, my kind of coping strategy uh, when I was young was just to go under the radar. Just be... Mm. Don't, don't put your head above the parapet because then you become a target for bullies or unwanted attention so i was just i was a very quiet kid i used to Mm -hmm. i i joke that i i went up to my bedroom age 12 with a super nintendo and came back down when i was 18 years old you know (laughs) i was i just lots and lots of quiet time and yeah i i was my parents were very generous in terms of financially with me they would just throw a lot of money Mm -hmm. at me as a problem and so i was Mm -hmm. i had all the toys I had all, I, all the VHS right. tapes of, of Star Trek. So I was mm-hmm. very happy in my own little world. But then, as, as I said, when I went to university, um, it was a really exciting time. Do you remember Do you remember Queer as Folk, the TV show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, yeah. it was mm-hmm. the UK version gave rise to the US yeah. version. And mm-hmm. it, was filmed in, it was filmed in Manchester uh, on Canal oh. Street, which is the, the gay scene here in Manchester. And mm. I worked, I got a, a, a job in a bar and I, I worked in the bar that is on Queer as Folk uh, called Via Fossa. So I went from being very a loner to mm. like an explosion of working in Manchester's busiest gay bar. So that was right. quite a, a learning curve socially for me. Oh, but yeah. all that, all that yeah. time, Star Trek, Star Trek was there with me all, all yeah. the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at what point do you think um, you, so obviously you came out in your later teens, early adulthood, mm. um, and then you got into like cosplay and obviously you're, uh, you're very much embracing the culture of Star Trek now and you're now also a podcast host. At what point did that all start to come together for you? Very recently. Um, so like a lot of people, the pandemic uh, kind of, mm change things so james and i my partner um went to a few of the uk conventions uh met a couple of friends uh from up in scotland um and then they convinced us to go to star trek las vegas now when i was younger i wouldn't have been able to Mm -hmm. afford that because it's it's not cheap flying from the uk oh my god so far stay in vegas for a week so when I was financially able to do that uh, myself and, you know, I was with a partner who's also into Star Trek, that probably would mm-hmm. have been a bit of a, a no-no for some of my exes. Um, we we did it. And obviously you meet a lot of people uh, when you go to STLV. And then, so we went in 2019 for the first time and then the pandemic happened. So all of those people that we met 
were people who wanted to do the traditional Zoom calls over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, uh, there was a group of about 15 of us who every, well, Sunday, actually this time it would be 8 p.m. on a Sunday UK time and like 12 noon for like Christos in San Diego and Amy Nelson in Vegas. Um, and we would just chat every week for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and we we all got really, really close. So there was that side of things. Uh, and during the pandemic, when we were all locked down, you couldn't go out to restaurants, you couldn't go on mm-hmm. holiday. There was nothing to spend your money on. So we spent all of our money on, on Star Trek cosplay. Uh, oh. And there was a, a, a very infamous eBay seller who a lot of people get their stuff from. She just started uh, the business. And uh, yeah, so... We amassed all of these uniforms, my partner and I. I was re- I'd only recently started using Instagram, so I, I was putting all the pictures on Instagram. And then, when we were able to, we were then talked into going on the Star Trek cruise, which is, in in my opinion, the the kind of the pinnacle of conventions uh, for Star Trek. So we went uh, in February this year and last year as well. Uh, so oh, wow. yeah, it's. How was it? How, how was the cruise? Was it fun? Oh, it's like being in the Nexus. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It's so immersive. I mean, you can't you can't get away. You're on a, right. you're, on a you're on a cruise ship with yeah. You're literally trapped. Fans. You're trapped yeah. with all these other Star Trek fans. Yeah. So what what we? It's like. Because we know, because all, all the gays get together, so like it's like doing a seven-day gay pride with like you think of like a works business conference with an itinerary of like lectures and seminars. Mm-hmm. Imagine overlaying that onto pride, like it's exhausting. But it sounds amazing. exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds it's exhausting. Really good. Yeah, with an unlimited drinks package, it's really exhausting. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so yeah, we have we James and I have lots of friends. We've like, networked and know people, and a lot of well, Amy Nelson has been podcasting forever. She's you know queen of uh, the the BQM podcasts. On she's on Galaxy Class Union Federation, mm-hmm. all good things. Um, so we know, we've always known Amy as a podcaster, and then Christos got into it, and Davy. And so Amy uh, reached out and said, do you, uh, well, at first, like this, she had me on Galaxy Class just having a chat first. So I think that was about uh, podcast, not podcasting, uh, cosplaying originally. And then I went on Trexpert and What's the Tea Bev? And then they said, do you want to become a, uh, a regular host on All Good Things? Uh, which is right up my street because it's mm. all Star Trek. So everything, mm-hmm. you know, so my, without showing my kind of encyclopedia <laughs> knowledge sure. of trivia comes in quite handy on that show. Yeah. So I've been doing that for just under six months now. And right. Love it. Yeah, really. I've, I've got the bug. Fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. How did you and uh, James meet? And, and oh. how did they, what, obviously, it sounds like Star Trek was sort of a piece of your bonding, but... I'd love to hear more about like how that came about. So it was it was all very romantic. It was on Grinder. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that works. 
Yeah, it was really weird. I was I was working at home, and he was taking the bus to work, and I must have just hit refresh at exactly the right time because it picked him up. And I was like, oh, who's this? Like, he's new. <laughs> so we just got chatting. And believe it or not, well, you probably will believe it because Star Trek's not your usual conversations that you have with people on Grinder, is it? Um, it got actually until our first date that we even found out we were into Star Trek. So we were just kind of chatting in general, doing what you usually do on Grinder, And then we arranged to meet up. And I remember having a conversation with him saying, look, I need to tell you something. It puts, it does put a lot of guys off. I'm not going to lie. And he was probably thinking, oh my God, what's he going to say? Is he like a murderer or something? And I said, look, I'm, I'm like a, a top level Star Trek fan. Like not just like casual view. I really like it. It consumes my life. So like, if you don't like Star Trek, this is probably going to be a bit of an issue. And it was such like a, a moment because he just said, "So am I." <laughs> and he, that's amazing. Uh, that's awesome. He's just he's just a bigger fan as I am, uh, which is handy because every route there's not like a uncovered piece of wall in our house that doesn't have some form of Star Trek merchandise. All oh my god! Yeah. So he's as into it as you are, like yeah. as like just into all aspects of it, the cosplay, the merchandise, the the trivia, like he's as into it. Yeah. J- James is, he, I, where I would say his specialism is he loves uh, the novels. So all the beta canon. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, wow. So, okay. So I, I'm here where I'm sitting, speaking to you. This is my kind of home office, which is modeled after Picard's ready room on the Enterprise D. So it's a lot of pink. Looks like a little girl's bedroom. Uh, James's room <laughs> next door is full of all of the novels, and it looks like a library. There's that many of them. Wow! So that's his thing. He knows all like the beta canon. Um, but James, um, he is a little bit more reserved. He's like a traditional British stiff upper lip, quiet person, very reserved. So he doesn't like going doing podcasts. He wouldn't enjoy. Uh, standing up and being the centre of attention. Um, but, yeah, he enjoys the cruise. He, he's, he's got like, the same group of friends as us, he's, uh, but he's not very front and centre. <laughs> oh, so he okay. would want to come on and talk about books then, about the, the novels with us then. Or... Do you know what? I, I, would, I would really have to twist his arm. He would feel very oh. uncomfortable. I know uh, Christos <laughs> yeah. has been trying to get him on What's the Tea, Bev. Davey wants to get him on the quiz because he thinks it would be hilarious if James could defeat me. Uh, I said, do you realise that could lead to a divorce? That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, wow. yeah, Mike and I are in... Like Mike and I also had a... I mean, Mike, I think reads the novel still pretty regularly, but I yeah. I think we both kind of, that was one thing that we connected over when we initially got to know each other about Star Trek, because you have the more casual viewer, but then you have the Star Trek fans that read the novels, and you have the technical manual, and you have a copy or two of the encyclopedia, yeah. you know, and that's, I feel, another level. So I think that's that's a good litmus test for like how deep of a Star Trek fan are you? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so. Although say, saying that, even with exes, I've had 
I had some success in assimilating them gradually. I mean, they didn't really have much choice in it. It was just on TV constantly. One of my my exes was uh, a big Doctor Who fan. So he was the Whovian and I was the Trekkie. Uh, Mm, And he got me into Doctor Who and I got him into Star Trek. But, uh, yeah, James is the the ready-made Trekkie from day one. So, uh, yeah, it was a a meeting of minds and hearts. Awesome. That's how long ago did you guys think? That, that is not the case for Dennis and I. Dennis does oh, not yeah, want no. anything to do with, oh, with no, Star Trek. Oh, no, how awful for uh, you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why Johnson and I are uh, friends. And not only oh, the it, reason. But, um, he's, he's, he can be your Trek hubby. <laughs> Is my yes. Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. So if you so if you seen a if you if you ever meet us at a convention or anything, he is literally what do we call it? Barnacled onto me. Uh, oh yeah, I like barnacle. Well, I'm like the introvert. And... Yeah, I'm more introverted than Mike. Mike's also not like extroverted, but I'm much more reserved when it comes to convention settings because there's just so many people, yeah. and literally I will like grab onto Mike and not let go because yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to get lost. I didn't want to get lost. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't get lost. Um, I need to like hide behind you if people come up to us and want to talk to us. So, <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I think, yeah. it, and, and this, I, when I went on the cruise uh, last month, it was the first time I'd done a convention since I'd started with All Good Things. So it was really strange having people mm-hmm. come up to me and say, oh, we, we listened to your podcast and, and they'd like, say something from a recent episode. And it, it it's really nice. It's lovely. and Because sometimes, I know it sounds really weird to say, but sometimes you forget that people actually listen. Sometimes it just feels like this is your time with your friends and you're just having a chat. And right. The fact that it gets, it's not until you have to sit there and edit it all and it takes hours that you actually remember, yeah, this is the real deal. But if you're yeah. just a, a con- contributor, then, yeah, you, you kind of forget that there's thousands of people listening to it. For sure, yeah. And for the uninitiated and for those of um, the, our listeners that don't know about all good things, you want to talk a little bit about it? It's like, yeah. from what I know, it's like very, you're, you're tend to be more topical and it's more theme oriented. But yeah, did you want to talk about it a little bit? I will, yeah. So all good things is, uh, I think we're on show like one. 120 now so we've been we've been going a while uh before me and we uh celebrate the kind of the mantra that all trek is good trek so we mm-hmm. want to discuss everything from classics star trek the movies uh, all the berman era and uh, even kelvin timeline and obviously the new new trek so we we bounce around the franchise like crazy so it's we mm-hmm. there's no kind of sequential we're not doing an episode rewatch in order and right. we have um themes so it might be today's episode we've recorded spoiler is um man versus machine so we would choose an episode that has got some kind of technology aspect. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, we, we chose the ultimate computer, the Richard Daystrom uh, original series episode. So we have lots of different themes, and then we will usually either choose an episode to review that fits in with the theme, or we will just kind of throw opinions. So last week's episode was romance in Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. and we all just came with 
uh, a couple that we wanted to kind of discuss, be it one of the main romances or a, a romance of the week uh, or a, a couple yeah. that we didn't really approve of and, you know, just kind of gave our opinions on it. So it's very opinion-based. Uh, and we like to kind of draw some real, real-world kind of effects on how it's affected you personally in maybe in the workplace or relationships with family and friends based mm-hmm. on something that's occurred in Star Trek that has affected you. So we, we get quite personal with it as well. It's not just me pointing out mm-hmm. all the continuity errors in episodes, which sure, sure. that happens yeah. as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I love that. And speaking of romance uh, and relationships and Star Trek, I think, you know, that's an excellent segue to my next question, um, which is, I, I would love to just hear, you know, given especially your history of Star Trek and your own journey, um, what you think about Star Trek's representation of just LGBTQ plus characters over the years yeah. and how that kind of coupled with your own journey, how you saw that, how you related to it. Obviously there's been ups and ups and downs, but would love to hear what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, it's interesting because hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? And right. we we we've all heard the the hundreds of documentaries, opinion pieces, how you know the gays were done dirty in uh, the in the nineties. They had representation of every kind of um, like aliens and every subject matter and attitudes to computers and holograms, but they just wouldn't have a same-sex relationship or a, a gay couple. Um, mm. So we had to really latch on to what Star Trek was very famous um, in doing of addressing a subject without directly referencing right. the subject. So we had to find the queer storylines mm-hmm. in episodes like TNG's The Outcast, DS9's right. Rejoined, right. DS9's Chimera, all of those episodes that the gays would look at it and go, oh, yes, I know what this is about. But casual viewers wouldn't actually recognise that they were watching, you know, Enterprise Stigma. They wouldn't recognise that they're watching an episode mm-hmm. about the AIDS pandemic with with the gays right. and kind of society saying, oh, we don't care about them. Uh, we won't put resource into finding a cure. So at the time... I wasn't going on any kind of marches and saying this is unacceptable, we demand change. I was just loving Star Trek. So mm. I, those episodes would resonate a lot with me and they would be my favourite episodes. Um, but it's only now looking back at it as an adult that I am outraged. That It's like, how was this allowed to happen? And mm. it wasn't like gays weren't in every other like TV show and drama in the 90s. So I don't understand why Star Trek didn't embrace it. So there's that aspect. And then there's also, there was just such a miss, you know, there was some great opportunities that if they'd have just let Garak be gay, you know, Andrew Robinson himself says he played him as a gay man. He was supposed to be a, a predatory homosexual who was after sleeping with Julian Bashir. That's how he played it. Um, And there was 
serious consideration of making one of the characters in Enterprise gay as well. And then the network just said, no, we're not having it. I think it was actually mm. supposed to be Malcolm Reed, although I would have much preferred it to be Travis Mayweather. Um, but yeah, they <laughs> yeah. they just wouldn't, would not allow it. Um, so there's all of that. And that's kind of one era of Star Trek. And then you've got the modern era. So I think clearly <laughs> they do it a lot better now. Uh, we've got actual characters who are not affected by uh, some kind of empathic echo or they're not a trill who sure. seems to be a different yeah. gender. They <laughs> right. are actually just homosexuals or transsexuals or mm-hmm. identify in a way that represents us authentically, which is right. great. Um, I think um, when you look at Discovery, it's quite easy to kind of do a bit of an eye roll and say you know they they have characters like gray and adira uh, who don't seem to have any other storylines apart from being non-binary so i i to me that jars a little bit Mm. i'm like just you know let them let be represented be on screen but be shown to be fantastic being a staff, staff lead officer and being really smart and being really funny and really engaging. Mm-hmm. And that is just a part of your character rather than it being the main storyline. So I, I even think for modern Star Trek, that's a little bit behind the times. If you think of yeah. gay representation on in TV in the late 90s, the only mm-hmm. storylines that gay characters had were coming out storylines or you know dealing mm-hmm. with your family. They weren't just... They weren't just gay, but had an, a, a decent storyline. It was all about being gay. And I think that's kind of where Discovery failed a lot by uh, the way they wrote Grey and Adira. Uh, yeah. Stamets and Culber, can't get enough of them. I love them. I think they're a great couple. And I think that's a, right. a healthy relationship depicted on screen. And even just casual conversations in Strange New Worlds, you know, they just dropped yeah. it into conversation that Christine Chappells had relationships with women right and it was you know just yeah. throwaway comments yeah it's very so, natural yeah. right yeah so we're we're, yeah. we're a lot better now there's a lot more diversity representation and and it's cool and i will say special shout out to jesse james Kaitel, who i think was the standout oh, yeah. guest star of so series great. one it yeah. just more 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 just drink them up a fab- fabulous character a fabulous actress yeah, hopefully we get to yeah. see them uh, again in season two. Mm, with all without and, uh No, I can't. You know, one of the things Johnson and I have talked about is I think that it's true that the char- character uh, characterization of, of of all the characters, even the bridge crew, kind of took a mm. back seat to the overall arc of the season and the story. So they, are you talking about Discovery know, specifically? Or are you talking yeah, about Discovery. Yeah, yeah Discovery mm. specifically, you know where yeah. the the arc of the story was the primary focus and developing characters was not right. um not you know even you know and and I agree with you Kelvin like I can't get enough of uh, of Culber and Stamets and, and their moments together and it would be great to to see more of a focus on that but again you know discovery is a show all about the arc it's kind of taken the arc and gone to 10,000 instead of you know focusing and then we get these vignettes as johnson and i say like we learn about characters during a red alert emergency in the middle of you know a battle scene or whatever when they share like their take 
two minutes and share their story about something. So it's, you know, the, the way that Adira and Gray's story, certainly Gray for, for, for sure, didn't really, they didn't really have a plan once they kind yeah. of got him a, got, yeah, him a golem um, or them, you know, a golem. I think Ian Alexander goes by he, him. They, I think them. he, he goes by both them and yeah. Yeah. He, him, yeah. they, them. Yeah. But they didn't really have a plan for what to do with that character yeah. after they brought him out of mm-hmm. Adira's mind or whatever, a spirit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, no, I, as we know ahead. from being such big Deep Space Nine fans as well, you know, you've got a Trill who is by the very nature a queer character because of all of these kind of gender differences of all of your previous hosts. Mm-hmm. And so here we brought a trill over onto Discovery, a fabulous opportunity to tell us more about the, the species, continue the kind of the legacy of what we started with Dax. And they yeah. just didn't bother with any of it. It was, you know, just a, a little, almost a storyline just for Adira. And then, oh, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. I want a real body. Oh, I've got one now. Bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So a, a, yeah. a wasted opportunity. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think I, the I bigger, really agree with you. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I think the bigger loss really is the the lack of focus on Stamets and Culber, which for me, you know, I'm I'm in an interracial relationship, you know, mm. partnership, and um, which meant a lot to me. And seeing that toothbrushing scene from I think it was yeah. episode three of Discovery, which will always be my um, favorite, and uh, you know, uh, to really develop that. You know, we've certainly seen vignettes of it, um, even in season four when, you know, coming home from work and they talk about their day or whatnot. You know, I I think we really could have used a lot more, you know, development of that relationship and and of those characters from Discovery on, you know, their executive producers and writers. But um, did you have any feelings about uh, the, the... sudden finale of discovery you know being you know season five being the last season for discovery what were your thoughts around that um again i have to kind of separate my just general passion for star trek and kind of the the you know as as marina certis calls them the suits so like the the executives who make the decisions Mm -hmm. so i can understand why this has happened um, and that doesn't make it right. I'm still very upset about it. I love Discovery, despite actually just spending five minutes late in it. I do love Discovery. Um, but the money has got to go somewhere, and I think they've suddenly realised in giving us Strange New Worlds and Picard Season 3 that you don't really need to... You can... You, you, you can... Yes, think Star Trek could be evolutionary, not revolutionary. You know, they don't have to constantly mm. change it and it'd be so different from the normal template. Um, you can just give the fans what we want. We can just get our comfortable Star Trek that we've always known and loved. And we will watch it and we will give you those ratings and you will be successful. And we've demonstrated that now. So because Discovery was so different and it wasn't everybody's cup of tea with the mm. kind of real emphasis on feelings, emotion, Michael Burnham saves the galaxy every week. Um, 
and it, it, I, this underdevelopment of the B cast, it wasn't everyone's favorite. So I can right. see why it's been cancelled. But I, they delivered the news. It was very anticlimactic. It was while we were on the cruise, and oh, Doug, right. Doug, yeah, and Doug Jones was on the cruise with us. Um, so he, he he found out when he was also on the cruise. Like yeah, that's yeah. I, yeah, I heard about this. There was like a Zoom call or something. Yeah, they had a Zoom call in the morning with all the actors and the producers, and then Doug was just on the you know the itinerary of the day. He was being interviewed by Connor Trinier. So a few hours after he heard the news, he was in a like an, a, an auditorium with three thousand Star Trek fans, one demanding answers, and he was like. Oh wow! I've literally, I've literally just been told myself we didn't know this, and it was very emotional. You know, he, he literally just found out he's lost his job. Um, so yeah, it was it was very moving. Uh, Sonequa is headlining the 2024 cruise, and they constantly mm. change which actors are going to be joining based on kind of scheduling conflicts or uh, just contracts. But I strongly predict there's going to be a lot more discovery people added to next year's cruise and it's going to be a big kind of send off and celebration and uh it's going to be very discovery themed the cruise so i'm i'm excited for that i think it will be lovely yeah great what um while we're on to these new series what are some of your thoughts on strange new worlds lower decks prodigy um, we're going to get into Picard, so we'll hold that yeah. for last because we've got a lot to talk about there. But what are your thoughts on some of the other series? Well, Strange New Worlds, I, I don't think I've met anyone who doesn't say they love it, especially mm-hmm. if they've been, you know, DS9, Voyager, TNG fans because it's more in that format. I um, I loved Series 2 of Discovery. So when we met Ethan Peck and, mm-hmm. um, and Daddy Pike, uh, when they first came, uh-huh. together, you know, I was probably, you know, hashtagging, uh, hashtagging on Twitter every five minutes. We want, we want strange new worlds and, and, you know, we uh-huh. got it. So I love it. Um, I love all of the characters and they are real, fully imagined, realized characters. You right. have, you know, a Hurra episode, you have a chapel uh-huh. episode. Um, I love number one. She's, you know, I'm I'm a very basic gay. I love all the strong women in Star Trek. They are, <laughs> they are my they're my female role models. Yeah. My favorite yeah. Star Trek yeah. character of all is Jadzia Dax. But I love Strange New Worlds in its appearance, in its storytelling, in its characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't even get me started on how much I'm attracted to Anson Mountain Ethan Peck. We'll be here mm-hmm. all day. So that is is great <laughs> in itself, and that yeah. stands up. When it comes to lower decks. Um, I it took me a while to warm to lower decks. I remember, oh, really? the, yeah, the oh, Zoom oh, calls okay. that I said that we had with our friends during the pandemic. They mm-hmm. were like, "Isn't it amazing?" And James would and I would sit there and say, ah, "I don't really like the forced humor of it," and and we just didn't get it. We found it mm. all, all a bit of a an assault on the senses. It was too fast. We couldn't it's, it's a lie. It could be a lie. It, it was like, yeah. and, and we didn't really watch the kind of Rick and Morty style animation. Mm-hmm. That's not our thing. That being said, you get to kind of halfway into season one, and we watched it because, you know, all Trek is good Trek, so we're still going to watch it. And now I can't, it, it's interesting to look back of 
thinking that was my opinion when it started. So it's really taken me on the journey and I love it. And all of the Easter eggs and all of the the content and the way it's just produced with love. Uh, And Tony Newsome is amazing. Uh, sorry to go on about the cruise again, but she was on the cruise this year. She was amazing. I love Tony Newsome. She's, she's yeah, stole the yeah. show. She's so funny. Like she's yeah. hilarious. She's I love her. Yeah. And she um she's really good on the pod directive, the official yes, Star Trek podcast. Yeah. She's I like laugh. I like she and Paul Tompkins have such good chemistry. Mm. And they're both hilarious. Like it's yeah. it's a really good it's a really good podcast. There was one like, point on she's the just cruise. Great. She she just uh, got up on the cruise and she said, someone give me a phone, uh, plugged it into the DJ box and just played Beyonce's new album and just danced on the dance floor with us for the entire yeah, album, yeah. track uh, track by track. And there's no kind of, oh, I, I'm, I'm the celebrity here. There's you keep your distance. If you want to photograph, you've got to pay. It was just, she's so welcoming, so... Yeah, we, we're all lobbying for her to come back. Well, she's next a year. fan too. I think you know yeah. before yeah. she even got on the show, she's a fan. She was a fan, yeah. so she grew up watching Trek. So she's just like the rest of us. And the fact that she and she loves Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine's her favorite. Yeah, 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 she's like yeah she does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so love lower decks. Uh, Prodigy has been such a pleasant surprise. Oh my god, did, so good! I did not expect it to be this good. Yeah, and same. So, you know, oh, kids show, it's been targeted specifically at children. Okay, well, that's fine. I'll still watch it. To to watch it and then see how beautiful the animation is, how gorgeous the music is, and then how much Janeway we've got. It's mm-hmm. almost like, this is almost like the Voyager sequel show. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know that. They kind of just see it as the kid. I know right, some yeah. really diehard Voyager fans who still said, oh, I've not got round to watching Prodigy yet. I'm like, what? Like, no. Yeah, you got to watch you, Prodigy. Yeah. You yeah. do yeah. know Janeway's in every episode, don't you? They're like, oh, is she? Yeah. It's crazy. But he, he, I you do have it. to kind of get it. over Dal a little bit. I mean, Dal annoyed. The At the very beginning, uh, his, uh, I wanted uh, to like uh, fucking stab him in the eye. But, you know, other than that, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. Uh, the other character, great yeah. Dal, we just wanted to kill at the beginning. And he... You know, eventually, I think around episode five or six. Yeah, he settles. Yeah. He mellows out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the, yeah. the the kind of missed opportunity, I think. So we've just had it announced that they're going to make this Star Trek Fleet Academy series, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of a bit meh. I don't want nine hundred two one zero in Star Trek. I don't want all of that. Um, but I thought if we were going to do an Academy series, that's what Prodigy should have become because you've got these oh, kids. You've got these kids of a certain age who want yep. to be in Starfleet. So now that we've right. established those characters and we've grown and we know them and they've come back to the Alpha Quadrant, season three and four of Prodigy could have been them at the Academy. So I think that's a bit of a miss. Um, but do you know what's interesting? I'm wondering if my skepticism around this academy series is the same thing people used to think back in the day when they were hating on the concept of ds9 being a space station that doesn't go anywhere whereas obviously now there was nothing wrong with that format it's great we love it but at the time people were concerned so i'm wondering if my concern is starfleet academy is on earth 
we I don't want San Francisco being blown up every week. I don't want some massive threat mm-hmm. to Earth each week. I don't understand what the concept is going to be of here's some kids with some drama, you know, and uh, working through your life skills. I'm a little right. bit less excited about the 32nd century setting, to be totally honest. Like, I'm yeah. fine with Discovery. I have a more hate than love relationship with Discovery, to be totally honest, um, as Mike well knows, um, for some of the reasons that we already talked about. But I'm also kind of like, because we know it's going to be in the 32nd century, so I'm like, you know, I'm not like sold on the 32nd century, 32nd century yet. It's fine. But now that we know it's going to happen there, I'm like, all right, it's like, it's fine. Yeah, and I don't know that it's going to be set on Earth either because, I mean, Earth did just rejoin the Federation at the end of season four or whatever. But, you know, I don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that Starfleet Academy is going to be set on Earth per se. So, um, but I think, you know, in in leading in this, this was, that was a great segue, Kelvin, because... I think Prodigy really captures captures the really young viewers and brings them into mm-hmm. Star Trek, and so we're sort of missing that teenage, you know, the you know twelve to twenty two year age range where those WB shows, those CW shows, are you know are you know, and that's who they've got producing it. They've got someone who's producing, you know, executive producing, who's produced several of them, and I I'm, I apologize, I don't remember her name. Um, but you know, she and Alex Kurtzman are both, um, the executive producers of this new series. And, uh, and Tani Newsom is actually going to be, a and writer, Tani Newsom's so in a, yeah, she's yeah. busy. Yeah. So yeah, she's be a I am, I'm excited about that. And I think that we'll see her like spark in her humor. And I hope that yeah. what I'm hoping is that that writer, you know, in whatever in season one could possibly train. Can you, can you imagine, uh, a Star Trek, episode being directed by tani newsome like i you know i i feel like that's you know she's really laid the groundwork for a lot of a lot of this and i think getting into the writer's room is one step and i'd love to see her become like this generation's jonathan frakes for instance Mm. you know um so you know and i think she brings that diversity you know obviously her diverse background and experience but also just you know her her excitement for the franchise uh, into this. And I think that it's going to be, you know, and I also feel like she's someone who in that writer's room would be, you know, joking around and bringing the humor, but also being like, nah, that's not going to fly. You know, like, yeah, she's, she's going to be one of those people who are going to be like, nah, that's not going to fly. I do improv for a living. And, you know, that's really not, you know, so I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that, you know, that is, um, that's something that we're going to see. I mean, we, we won't see it for a couple of years, obviously, but, yeah. um, but I think it's, it's really aiming at this mid range group that, you know, you have the hardcore Trek fans and then the casual Trek fans who are probably in their twenties and upwards. And I think that we're looking for something in between the prodigy and the like strange new worlds crowd, for instance, yeah. which, um, you Spe- know, speaking so, of, oh, um, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of future series in development, do you still think we're going to get the Section 31 series now that Michelle Yeoh is such a megastar with her Oscar? I just have a feeling they won't be able to afford her anymore. Well, Alice Crossman has said that they're still planning to do it. Like, I think he said this recently. (laughs) 
so negotiation. It might just contracts. be more, <laughs> but it might be more like a limited series or something versus yeah, like I think you know, we're going to see seasons. a limited series uh, that could you know lead yeah. into you know could introduce some other characters that would be really interesting. Also, mm. the fact that she's jumping back to the twenty fifth century or roughly, you know that you know puts her in uh, you know in in near Picard season three like legacy territory ish. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, TBD. Possibility. Yeah. So yeah. we don't really know where she ends up, but I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's still a possibility. And I also think it is because Michelle Yeoh actually really does love Star Trek. You know, she loved that character. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that it will, but I think that like every, like everything, um, not unlike, you know, Star Wars, you know, things are announced and then they never, you know, they're yeah. canceled to, you know, two months later. This hasn't been, this has always been on the table on like things in Star yeah. Wars. But um, yeah, I, I think it's still a possibility. I, I don't know about who's, you know, who's producing it. I guess there was some issues with uh, the two writers who are putting it together. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know that we'll ever oh, know well, no. what happened, but, um, and, you know, so I don't know if, um, because you haven't really heard much from them in a really long time, so, um, and I don't want to mess up their names. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I think it's definitely a possibility. I, you know, I, there's this other thing, con that they've tossed around, yeah, yeah. which actually I am not really all that interested in. Uh, You're talking about like the podcast, is that the yeah, one you the podcast? But uh, the, yeah. you know, there's also like a there was some books written about Khan that, you know, that James would probably be able to talk, yeah, tell yeah. us all about. It's, uh, um, it's a Nicholas Mayer, isn't it? He's involved yeah. in it. Yeah. He, yeah. So, he and some other people have pitched like a storyline, like a limited movie, like movie of the week or whatever type thing. So that I'm not really that excited about, but I mean, give us more strange new worlds, give us more prodigy. Yeah, uh, give, give us Star Trek Legacy. I was saying Star Trek Legacy. Yeah, 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 Legacy. So, do we want to get into talking about uh, Picard now? Jonathan, well, I had you... just one more question since we're kind of on the topic of like what we want to see in the future. So, Calvin, I totally agree with you when it comes to this is like twenty minutes ago, but <laughs> your thoughts on just like representation in Star Trek and. Everything you said, like, including what we've gotten, which I, you know, I think Star Trek, when you do metaphor, it does, it can do metaphor well. And I think there's a reason why we still talk about the outcast. Like, it wasn't a perfect representation, obviously, but I think they still did a great job story-wise and the intent and also how Riker, you know, his character development in that one episode, it, it was good. Like, story-wise, it was good. Um... But, but I totally agree that, like, that over the years, we could have gotten much more. Um, and even in recent Star Trek, like, I, I'm totally on board with what you said about Grey and Adira. Like, I feel that representation without good story is such garbage. Like, you know, it, it's it, it's like, if you don't give these people good storylines, it's like, what's the point, right? They're just, yeah. like, token representation. It doesn't, yeah. you're not really, it's not... It's not good. It's not actually like giving them something meaningful to do. So it's like you're are you connecting with the audience, you know, so whatever. So where do you really where do you want to see Star Trek go 
when it comes to where it takes LGBTQ plus representation in the future? Where where would you want to take it? Um, that's a hard question, um, mainly because I don't know where I feel that we might be underrepresented here and now, you know, mm-hmm. so I think Star Trek is doing a good job. Um, you know, uh, uh, just to kind of say what we've just said, you know, if you are going to have uh, representation, give them something to do, you know, so that would, that would kind of be it. Don't make the same mistake again of Grey and yeah. Adira. Have, have representation from all across the, the spectrum um, of LGBTQ+. Plus. Um but just make them fabulous characters that we want to. Um, but it, it's just very, very important um, that we don't kind of take any steps back. So mm. I am aware politically there's a lot of stuff going on mm. in the US now with oh, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the drag ban yeah. and things. And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't want any progress that's been made within Star Trek to be eroded by any cultural I don't want two steps forward one step back put it that right, way. right. so we need to maintain this trajectory um, what's really interesting sorry to go full political and maybe off topic but no. um, just talking no. drag um, mm-hmm. the the UK lost uh, a very famous drag queen uh, Paul O'Grady Lily Savage uh, a couple of weeks ago and such a beloved TV personality here in the UK that the the TV network aired a special one hour tribute to the guy who who played the drag queen and this is like he, the the drag queen Lily Savage was a game show host in the nineties and mm. just adored so oh. much like the kind of attitudes on a lot of things here in the UK we really don't understand why some places in America are trying to ban drag queens mm-hmm. as being like a dangerous influence on children. It just doesn't compute because we embrace uh, things like that. So I just thought it quite an interesting mm-hmm. analogy that we're almost doing like a state funeral almost for a, <laughs> a beloved, cherished celebrity. Uh, whereas at the very same time in like somewhere you know, that's all like someone like Nashville, for example, is, is trying to, is, is been successful at banning drag. So as long as that kind of negativity doesn't find its way back into Star Trek, if it was ever there in the first place, I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be great to have Star Trek take a little bit more of a stance on those things. I mean, we've seen some of it referenced, by you know pike in strange new worlds about you know the january you know the the future like civil you know the in that timeline the civil america's third america or second american civil war yeah you know, civil war III. eugenics wars and then world yeah. war three that was the order yeah yeah. Um, yeah so we're we're definitely you know we're trying to remain hopeful that um that version of um of uh history doesn't take place i think uh my hope really lies in actually in that uh in 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 gen z actually i'm really hoping that they uh as they are growing up and become more you know become voting age here in the u.s and and really 
um, hopefully, you know, try to clean up some of this bullshit mm-hmm. and this mess that we have in this country. And, you know, we could, you know, we could go on and get on a soapbox about the, the state of, of the United States and, and politics yeah. and, uh, well, well we're not we're not perfect here in the UK. I mean, we we voted uh, to leave Europe, uh, Brexit. Right, right. And, yes. um, and Boris me, Johnson was very he was very right wing, like he, he was, was very Trump, Trumpian. Was. But yeah. to me, that was like breaking up the Federation. This is like season oh. four Discovery. So I'm like, uh, why yeah. why do uh. we want to leave this amazing? Org? We should all be coming together. We need to be more like Star Trek, a united. A nation of different governments not separate we don't want this kind of political autonomy and we must take back our borders it's a, a step in the wrong direction to get to the utopian future so that was a political subject that jarred against my kind of star trek morals uh, yeah. so yeah the uk we're not we're not perfect by a long stretch yeah it's just complicated not to get too deep into this but america's a big country you know, it's massive. And obviously when you have that many people from that many backgrounds, it's just, you're going to get so many dissenting opinions and everyone thinks they're right. So this is, you know, and I can't even imagine dealing with like a federation level kind of situation where we have 150 plus planets. Like I, I can't imagine like managing that kind of government. Like how many opinions do you have? And I think that that's where in more recent Star Trek, obviously more with starting with DS9, really start. There's a lot of dissenting opinion, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of disagreement, actually, and not everyone's happy. So I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a more realist. Like, I'm like kind of like, you know, I kind of appreciate Gene Roddenberry's utopian viewpoint, but I'm also like, you know, who's. Like, what kind of reality would we live in where everyone kind of is on the same page? Like, you know, like, that's not realistic. Yeah. But that's uh, that's kind of one of the things I love about Deep Space Nine is um, the themes of Deep Space Nine with the kind of the politics mm-hmm. and the religious aspect yeah. were what made it interesting. And sure. no, yeah. no disrespect to Gene, but they kind of right. had to wait for him to die because he would never allow oh, yeah. it. And it was right. like, right, great, let's have a sh- let's have a show that's really political uh, about you know uh, all all this war torn invaded uh, society. Right. Uh, right. So, well, yeah, also it, spiritual, you know, that spirituality mm-hmm. became a, a huge piece of it, and I think that that's one of the things that attracted me to it as well is this idea that science and spirituality can coexist, mm-hmm. and that you don't you know don't need to. And yes, there was the political piece, but it didn't focus. You know that you know, and I'm in the middle of a rewatch of it, which I haven't done in in a long time. But it, you know, the the politics is not standing out to me as much as some other things, like just the depiction of you know a father and a son's journey, um, a black father and a black son's yeah, yeah. journey, single mm-hmm. single father. Um, you know, uh, there's just it's such a great show because it's so complex and so you know, so diverse of a, you know, my hope had been that Discovery would have followed the same path as DS9 and really developed their secondary cast um, in a way that, you know, Deep Space Nine did. And granted, you had 26 hours of television back then and you have 12 to 15 hours of it now. Um, If you're lucky. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I know, I know that television is a little bit different, but I, you know, I still think that there was an opportunity to really um, work in those, um, those bridge crew into the cast more getting to know them and their story and having them become more of an integral piece of it. And, and kind of like you and you and Johnson Johnson says this all the time, you know, Michael Barnum saves the the day every week. Yes, our Lord and Savior. Yeah, yeah, Michael and, Barnum. A, a, a galactic yeah. event, a galactic, yeah, yeah, yeah. galactic event. event. Like, Everything's galactic. Yeah, yeah. And talk, just, talking about your feelings constantly, there was a, a really funny scene in Picard season two uh, where Seven of Nine says to Raffi when she's talk, talking about Elnor just dying, and she says, oh, "Do you yeah. want to talk about it?" And she says, no. <laughs> no, if that was Discovery, that would have been three episodes. Yeah, of yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's, uh, but Deep Space Nine is always going to be my, fa- you know, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because it balanced everything so well, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and had those dark episodes, too, you know, mm-hmm. in the Pale Moonlight. Um Gosh, the um, you know even the the bell riots. I forget uh, the name past of those tense. episodes. Past tense. Past tense. Uh, Come on, Mike. Sorry. What? This is the trivia part that I don't really, <laughs> you know. I I remember general things, but here here's why I can't win at trivia. You know. Um, and uh, gosh, I can't even remember the um, not the fin- the um, the big one where Benny Russell and. Fabian the Stars. Yeah, Fabian Stars. Fabian yeah. Stars, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just some incredible standout episodes like that. That Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and, and when we were talking um, recently on, a, on another episode, you know, it just reminded me that um, e- even the worst episodes are still, there's still some incredible character development and foundational stuff in, in there um, that, you know, like... Uh, the storyteller, which is a season one episode mm. with Bashir and O'Brien, you know, it's uh, when I got to it, I'm like, Oh, this is such a lame story. But then you start to watch the, it's, it's literally like part of the formation of, of Bashir and O'Brien's yeah. relationship. And, you know, they can't get to the buddy, buddy stuff that they do in later seasons without these awkward beginning moments um that you have like in the storyteller so yeah it's just you know it just built upon itself and you know that's one of the things unfortunately that i don't really think discovery did it didn't really build upon itself in a way that was um that was um uh constructive in the sense of like it wasn't building a foundation it was just kind of like every you know again it just goes back to the focus on the story arc over the character development. Like, I think we would have all loved to see a little bit more of what 32nd century life was with some one-off episodes of, uh, you know, with various collections of the crew um, doing different things that would, you know, seem to be important or, you know, would be pinnacle in the 32nd century and let us get to know that that universe and that time frame. You know, I I guess we're going to see some of that and, Star for the Academy, yeah. but there was a scene in uh, one of the later episodes in season four of Discovery where Burnham gathered the bridge crew to kind of problem solve and strategize about mm-hmm. communicating with the 10C. And what me and James commented on 
was that they had Nielsen, um, uh, Lieutenant Christopher, the new one who they just randomly threw in there to replace Bryce because he suddenly wasn't there. Oh, yeah, he was uh, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, he got another the, job. It probably yeah. gave him more yeah. character development. All of, the, all of the dialogue that they were all delivering individually, mm-hmm. there was no legitimacy to who was saying it because it could have mm. been any of them saying it. So if you look back on, say, Deep Space Nine, you couldn't have just given Kira's script to Terry Farrell to read. Right. It would right, have been like, right. she, w- she wouldn't yeah. say that. That's not her. But with the, because we don't know these characters and they were under development, it's like, how am I supposed to uh, appreciate that uh, Nielsen is a astrophysics uh, expert? Right. You've never once right. told me anything like that about her, and all of a sudden, she yeah. is, and she's delivering yeah. that. And so right. yeah. it, that that's what affected it. There was no legitimacy to those characters. Yeah. I actually think, and I've told Mike this straight up, I think Discovery is not a good show. Like, I don't think it's a good... If it, honestly, if it wasn't Star Trek, if it wasn't Star Trek, it didn't have, like, the Star Trek going for it, and then it had all this goodwill to work on. I think it's a bad show. I think it's not well written. I mean, it has some stuff going for it, but I'm sorry, it's not a good. Show. It's not a good show. I'm sorry, but that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Anyway, we can move on. But well, let's move on. Let's move on to the big show that were. Yes. yes, let's move on to something that we all clearly love, which yes, is Picard yes, we can talk about Picard three. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, let's talk about Picard season three. Yes, so. Yeah. Kelvin, I listened to your What's the Tea, Bev episode. You had some right. definitive opinions, and so I'm going to call you out on a couple of these. Okay. Uh, well, wow, this is ages ago. I can't remember. <laughs> well, I'll remind you. Uh, your feelings on Worf. Your uh, feelings on Worf prior to this season. Top- yeah, you kind of went off on Worf a little bit in yeah. your uh, What's the Tea, Bev episode. But you don't... Yeah. You, for How our listeners... Mean? Yeah, for our yeah. listeners, Colin basically said that he's not a big war fan. I know, and everyone says, yeah. "How can you be a really big Deep Space Nine fan and not like Worf?" It's like I don't dislike him. I just, as fans, we kind of idolize these characters, and you're like, "I want to go and have a night out with Jadzia Dak. She'd be so fun. I'd really get on of with him." And, yeah, and then I respect, yeah. and I want to solve a problem with Data, and you know. So, but when it comes to Worf. I would just hate to be around him. He is is the worst aspects of to- toxic masculinity. You know, he he would make me feel a lot of internalized homophobia. I would feel like that young kid from Back and Beyond when I was who I was just describing mm-hmm. because yep. we're so different, you know. And and yeah. I'm also you know, I believe the tricorder is mightier than the phaser. I'm a huge pacifist. So running around with a mechleth chopping people's heads off is not for me. There's don't even get me started on his relationship with Alexander. He's the worst. Oh my God. He is a bit of a deadly dad. Yeah. He's a bad dad. Yeah. Did you see the meme where he says, you know, slayer of Gowron, uh, house of Martok, son of Mog. And someone says, Father of Alexander, he goes, who? <laughs> um, so, so yeah. yeah, so I'm not the biggest warfare. I hugely respect Michael Dawn for everything he has done yeah. to develop. And that was Klingon clear. Species. That was yeah. clear. Yeah. And I love General Martok. I think he's a fabulous Klingon. And I like the Klingons. But I'm not the biggest warfare fan. 
Hmm. Did that, has that changed at all with what you're seeing with samurai slash meditative wharf in Sensei Wolf season three? I mean, he's still like cutting those heads off though. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, really no, 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 say, no. Yeah. I, 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 I respect the writing in the same way that I love uh, Riker even more than I did before because of the yeah. great dialogue that they've given him in Picard season three. He's so yeah. chilled. He's so laid back. So funny. So you know what it's like before we've seen Star Trek try to kind of force humor on us. And it's a bit jarring like data in generations. It's just a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, but it really, it, it lands really well in season three of Picard with both Worf and Riker. But what I will say as, tempered my kind of hating on Worf is the fact that they've paired him with Rafi. Oh my god. Because I, I think Ravi Ravi yeah. is a horrible character. I hate Ravi. <laughs> and I, I you know and the thing is like, you know, Michelle Heard, she's fine. I don't think she's like the best actress. This is me <laughs> this is like me opinionating. But I do think that Michael Dorn makes Michelle Heard a better actress. And I think the two of them together work really well. Because, like, remember, Mike, that first episode of season three when Michelle Hurd is basically acting by herself and she's acting for a view screen? And we're like, this is terrible. Like, this is, like, the most awful acting. I was like, this is awful acting. Like, she's just over-emoting because she's the only actress, like, in, in the room. And she literally needs to, like, just talk to a view screen. I, mean, I, bl- I blame the writing on that, you know, and also kind of the setup again. And, and She's also over-emotive. Like, She's so over-emotive. But once Michael Dorn arrives, like, I don't know, something about maybe his presence, like, just balances her out, and they just have really good chemistry. I don't know what it is. Like, So I will, you know, before your listener count drops after all your yeah, Rafi right. <laughs> I will counter yes. that by saying... I adore both Rafi and Michelle Hurd. I think I was talking to someone who said, oh, she suddenly got really good in season three. I was like, she was good in season two. Uh, <laughs> I, so I, I love her. I've got a lot. The only thing I will say, she cancelled on the cruise this year. I was really looking forward to meeting her and she didn't go. Uh, so that's that'll be my Rafi bashing for the week, but I'll meet her next year. Uh, but I, I love the character and the, the, the kind of almost like she's the, the straight person to with Worf as the kind of the comedy stooge this year. Mm. It's just beautiful. And yeah, I, I, so Worf with Deanna in, at the end of TNG, I don't know what the hell that was about. It shouldn't (laughs) have happened. It was ridiculous. The biggest controversial opinion is that my favorite Star Trek character in all of the franchise is Jadzia Dax and they bloody put her with Worf and ruined the character. Uh, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. I, don't feel, I don't feel they ruined Jadzia's character. They did. But, like, well, uh, what, how, do you feel, <laughs> how do you feel they ruined Jadzia's character, exactly, by pairing her with Worf? They tried to make her a stay-at-home mum who just wants to have kids and settle down. I like... The, the beauty hmm. of Jadzia Dax is the fact that she is... Uh, so smart, so experienced, mm-hmm. so wise, but is a, a young party animal at heart. So she's mm-hmm. everything that I aspire to is, as a role model. 
And then when, yeah, just I just didn't like the direction that her character went in when Wolf came. I have on to the pay scene. more attention to that on my um, my yeah on yours. I'm in the middle. Yeah, of, you're. I'm towards the end of season three watch, maybe. right now, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love Jadzia, which is why our Trexperts quiz was Kira and Jadzia. So, yeah. uh, just, I'm a huge fan of of hers, and and I, you know, I was devastated. So neither, both of you, did not join sort of Next Generation until like season three, season four ish. Um, well, no, I, whereas, I joined season one, but I only got it when you got season three and four. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, All he right. started. So, yeah, Calvin started with I, season I mean, he, one. Tasha, I, so I fell in love with Tasha Yar right from the beginning. Um, so I, you know, I've seen two characters killed in Star Trek that really meant a lot to me. Mm. Tasha Yar mid season one, and then Jadzia Dax, and at the end of season six, and I, you know, I still still feel really i can't really watch that without tearing up and being really upset at all of the behind the scenes shenanigans that brought that about yeah yeah Um, but i love i love terry farrell uh and so you know i will i'll have to pay attention to it but i i don't think i ever felt like i loved her character less when she got together with Worf because i you know i just i don't know i think she brought a from my memories, and and again, this is a while ago. You know, she brought, she cut, kind of calmed him down a little bit. You know, softened him a little bit. And no, but he tried I, to control her. Terrible. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean the the the, the Ricer episode where he is just trying to. Oh, wait, he was a total her. jerk. He's awful. He's a total jerk. He's trying that, right? to control yeah. her, telling her to kind of stop embarrassing me, you know, put your clothes on. Terrible, oh. awful example to a relationship. But I think he was also dealing with, he has a lot of baggage too. I think that that's what that came out of the Rise of episode, right? It's been a minute, but it was like he had to kind of admit that he has all these, like, all these problems too. Stop making excuses for him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there's but so just, much else to just, talk just, about just, in season. Go ahead. Just finishing off though with that, so I said, Riker, uh, sorry, Diana and Worf, no, Jadzia and yeah. Worf, no. But if they put together in a romantic relationship, Rafi with Worf, I would be all for that, and I think that would be oh, great. I don't think we'll, get, I don't think we're going to get there in these two episodes that are left, mm-hmm. but I would be the, I would be here for that. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, That's I don't think we're. I, I can't imagine that they're going to squeeze that in, but. There is a great chemistry, and if you watch the Ready Room mm. episode, you can see oh, the chemistry yeah. even with the actors um, when Will uh, Will Wheaton interviews them. Well, there's so much else to talk about. What um, I mean, we're up to episode eight. We're you know a mm-hmm. few days away from the final mm-hmm. two, which are mm-hmm. directed by both directed by Terry Metalis. I don't know if he wrote them as well. I'm oh. guessing probably he did. Oh, I didn't know he directed both of them. That's cool. Me, yeah, he's directing the last two episodes. Um, so um, this is I, this is literally going to be like a. There are surprises. There are, you know, he's a huge fan of this crew and this cast. So I think we're, you know, I think, and he said, you know, that this is a great setup for a follow-up series, perhaps mm-hmm. Star Trek Legacy. But so we're up to episode eight. What are your thoughts on? Um, on this season, 
so far what are some of the standouts and we can kind of like yeah. we've gotten we've gotten the wharf Rafi, <laughs> right. let's dumb. talk about They're let's dumb. talk about space mom and yeah. the admiral and um okay so and, god uh, it, it's for for it to just be so good and then like you you just watch an episode you think how can they top that and then the the episode the week after is even better. It is just it's blowing my mind. I'm really annoyed that this is season three. It's like <laughs> yeah. this is what we oh my wanted. God. This is what we wanted from season one. And you yeah, know, you stick stick it up your ass, Patrick Stewart, saying I don't want a reunion. It has to be about <laughs> the story. Well, well, right. we want a reunion, and actually, you're quite enjoying it yourself. So you know, wind your neck in and get back to 2017 and start. You should have done it from then. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the annoying bit, the fact that we're like rationing the episodes out now because we don't want it to end. But there's just so much. Terry Metallis, he, he deserves some, like, I don't know what award would be big enough to bestow upon him for gifting us this season. He's so good. Um, even to, like, everything, what they've done with Jerry Ryan with almost... Uh, Seven of Nine's character is almost kind of being looked at a, a bit in like a trans kind of way now. So there's a bit more representation there with the whole dead naming aspect uh, from mm-hmm. Shaw. And then that really moving scene where it showed Voyager and she said, that was where mm-hmm. I was reborn and found mm-hmm. my family. It was all yeah. those under, under notes of kind of trans commentary. So there's little nuggets like that. Todd Stashwick is amazing as Captain Shaw. Who would have thought that from someone in episode one where the internet was on fire saying, who is this right. knobhead, to us now loving him and wanting him as the lead for Star Trek Legacy. So there's there's the way they've managed to achieve that so quickly. But just the development of the characters that have been off screen for you know 20 years that you believe the characters have done things in those 20 years and they've not picked up where they've left off. And the the chemistry, even in the, this week's episode with Riker and Troy in the jail cell, the, the, the chemistry between them, it you just can't pay for that. There's no salary big enough to, mm-hmm. to capture yeah. that. Um, and so, yeah, there's been so much. Um, the, the cameos have been amazing. I've been fortunate enough to avoid spoilers i basically don't go on twitter on a thursday uh but ensign row my oh my god it destroyed me that a beloved character i i i was crying from the moment she walked on screen and you didn't want to see me when that shuttle exploded i was a, a mess yeah um so even Johnson even... broke a tear. It is rumored. I was like, oh. when... Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I cried, cried, but I was like, I got misty. Yeah, yeah, it's which is unusual. They, they just, yeah. they know. I, I mean, this sounds quite harsh, but I lost a relative in the family of like about six months ago, and I've cried more at Picard season three <laughs> than I did at my grandmother's passing a few months back, and oh. it oh just God. shows you how invested and the way they know how to pull it you know i even cried at the closing credits the other week because it had all seven actors names in the credits for the very first time 
And I was like, oh, we've not seen that for so long. And it made me cry. <laughs> I sound like a right <laughs> Yeah. But love it. I just can't, they can't do enough. I, I, I like to point out a couple of continuity errors just to make myself feel better that it's not perfect. <laughs> no, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not perfect, but honestly, compared to what we got in season one and season two, which I despise, um, you know, I think it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Kelvin, I, I just as a sidebar, this these are the sorts of things that probably would not go well on All Good Things. But. Oh, our, <laughs> our co-host Mark on All Good Things, he, he gives us a hard time if we get overly critical. I'm like, well, we have to debate the subject. We can't all just agree that everything's amazing. It would be very boring. But yeah, do not, do not pitch Johnson uh, as a as no, a, no, I, I, yeah, for that one. Yeah, oh, Mike's yeah. the more positive. Mike's always a more positive one, and I'm like, I don't have time for that shit. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, one of the things that I, uh, especially over the last three episodes right i think is when we get to see jordy uh mm. bringing jordy back with data i think has been and seeing that one is you know his feelings about the loss of data but also and the potential loss again of data in this right. most recent episode mm. was really palpable yeah mike what was your opinion uh, on the kind of i wouldn't really call it a cameo but the the nod to tasha Yar this week did you like it or do you think Denise has I been s- done dirty. No, I thought. I mean that that was perfect. I I thought it was you know you know you know I I don't I don't. If you had brought her back in season one, that would have made more sense. Yeah, um, with the Romulan yeah. focus. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that 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 is just so clearly data. Data has you know had feelings for her without really having feelings for her and has held on to that and seeing that, you know, definitely, you know, yeah. definitely uh, made me feel, feel good. And, and, and also to know, like he's giving, like, are, are we really going to get a lore version of, of data permanently? And just to see, you know, and just watching the episode and being like, he's got, Come on, Data. Come on. Be a little... Dangerous. I mean, I was not at any point worried that we were going to... Oh, I, I was because, because... I was not concerned. Because Brent Spiner, <laughs> Brent Spiner had told Terry Metalis and, and even before that, I'm not coming back again this season to play... You They're know, not going to kill Data or, a third time. Like, give me a break. Come on. But I thought this was a really nice way, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I was not... Yeah, I didn't know how they were going to get there, but I was not concerned. Sorry, Calvin, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, it was a very clever misdirect that in Mm -hmm. all of the build-up to the season, it was just established Brent Spiner is law. That's who we're getting. And yes, he was a little bit, but really it was just a plot device to get data back. Right. You know, that's now sorted. So we got a few... An older data and a feeling data and one who can do contractions and... And yeah. play around with humor a little bit, and um, you know, so which I think just also brings Brent Spiner to life as an actor in a completely new way. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, but I love the dynamic with him and Jordy. I, I think that you know yeah. that scene when they're walking out and going up to the bridge, 
And they're just, you know, he's like, you use the contraction. And, and no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> and, you know, just, just that, uh, that was, you know, that buddy, buddy, you know, friends reunited. Yeah. And then we get to the right. bridge and you get the whole seven of them reunited. And um, that was fantastic. It's just, yeah, that was really a, a really nice uh, cap to that episode. And um, yeah, but that was uh, one of the things that and, bothered me about season one of Picard because they brought data back, but Jordy was nowhere to be found, of course. And I feel that they had to kind of almost go back and be like, oh, yeah, like, that Data and Picard had this, like, friendship, which I don't, you know, like, he, like, Data and Jordy have been besties for decades, you know? And then I just feel that in season one of Picard, they really had to almost, like, almost shoehorn, like, that Data and Picard had this, like, friendship in place of Jordy. But again, it was nowhere to be found. Um, not to say that they didn't, they didn't have a relationship, but it wasn't the same, you know, and I feel that in that final scene of the finale of Picard season one, it was almost like all this emoting about like the friendship that in my mind wasn't, it wasn't genuine to me. Um, not to say, of course, Data sacrificed himself for Picard in Nemesis. We know that, but it didn't really resonate with me because they, it, they didn't have that kind of friendship. Yeah. I was like more of like your work. I know it's more than work, but you know, Picard was, Data's boss and there was the almost like the Seven and Janeway relationship of uh, Picard was teaching Data how to be more human which mm-hmm. is you know it's it's a mentor uh, a mentor slash manager relationship right. whereas Geordie is a peer you know he's, right, he's equal right. and it's yeah. a true friendship so yeah no I'm with you on that and when they tried to shoehorn a bit of love into it and it's like they have to make out that Picard should have told Data that he loved him and I thought what's this seems a bit weird <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that at the end of season one it was strange a bit forced any uh any thoughts yeah. on having Space Mom Bev back in the picture love uh now i can't profess that i love beverly crusher as much as my good friend christos does who's formed an entire <laughs> podcast just around him wanting to tell everyone how much he loves beverly crusher but uh <laughs> i i'm so happy with what they've given gates to work oh, yeah. with in terms of yeah. the you know so you know she's in all 10 episodes you know she is central to the storyline for the season I'm not sure where I stand on that kind of decision of the character to, you know, cut everyone off and disappear. Uh, it yeah. just, it just seems like I, if there was some dialogue in the next two episodes where she says, you know what, I I've made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I might be all right with it, but it just seemed really stupid. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why she would have done it. So, but yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Seen yeah. I think that's one of the big mis- mysteries. Yeah, hmm. that's a big mi- mystery still for this season, and whether we'll we'll get an answer or not. And I'm sort of afraid of a potential answer. So hmm. we'll kind of see where that plays out. But I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping it was just a bad. You know, I'm going to protect my son, and I'm walking away from this and anything that could potentially harm him and you know no matter you know i'm hoping that that's all there is to this but 
I'm also worried that there's, there's something. Yeah, I feel like there's something else. Like because so we talked about this on our last recording too, um, where Gates was like, "Yeah, let's wait until because she she understood the discourse about it, but she was like, let's wait until the season's over." And I was like, "Okay, I feel there's like <laughs> something more yeah. to come." And I feel there's a lot of questions about now, like Jack's parentage, like is he fully human? Like you know, all these questions. So he's a I would Borg say this baby, is, Borg baby. He might, yeah, he could be a Borg baby. I don't, you know, like this, like aromatic syndrome thing. I'm like, this is fascinating. Like, you know, um, yeah. I'm very, I'm very, very curious, yeah. very curious as to where they take it. Like, but well, and, and um, apparently it's shocking enough that they gave us the preview on the ready room. So uh, Deanna is very shocked. Wait, wait, talk about. Oh, yeah. there is a well, well, from De- next week. Well, Deanna runs off. Yeah, Deanna. What? Deanna. Oh, yeah. You you don't watch the Ready Room. You need to. Go I don't watch the Ready Room. room. <laughs> yeah. Go watch, watch the Ready Room. Um, yeah. So even Deanna is scared by what she finds behind the red door. So yes. What? Yep. Oh. Okay. Wow, I actually know something that Johnson doesn't. Think. Well, I don't watch the Ready Room. Perhaps, this is uh, the thing. Perhaps this is a first. But um, <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, we just got Marina sort of back into the end of the season and you've already talked, like, I think yeah. that I agree with you. The dynamic between her and Riker are just incredible. I mean, it, we got oh. to see her on New York Comic Con stage and she is just outrageous. Put her on a panel and she is just outrageous. So. She's, she ever goes yeah. on a cruise, I She's think funny. that'll be yeah. most interesting for you. Um, she was she was see. there this year. Um, oh, she was. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was. She was. Um, and someone asked a question in the audience, and they said, um, "You know, Gates is front and center, wielding a phaser rifle. You know, when are we going to get this these big scenes with Troy?" And she just said, "Oh, don't hold your breath." um yeah she is i mean she's a total liability marina she you don't know which way she's gonna go right they they love her and are quite embarrassed by her in equal measures which shows but she turns it up anything she's involved with uh at a convention to the point where, you know, like they have the guys running around with the microphone. She says, no, 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 no. We're not doing all that. We've not got long. If you want to ask a question, form a line down the middle, and then we don't need yes. to run around with the You know, she takes command of, of oh the guys. Oh, my gosh. She's fantastic. She's, she's great. I love her dearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she is. Uh, yes, absolutely. So I think uh, any other... Any other thoughts? Anything you want to put out there for? Yeah. So ultimately, season three. They, so obviously they've left us right until the very end to find out who who is the the head uh, and right. what's up and what's up with Jack. So yeah, the yeah. I I'm very much in Borg camp. I think the voice is the Borg Queen. I think the Borg are behind the door. I think the tie into the Changelings. If you think of the Great Link and the Collective are very similar, it's all about mm. connection. And I think the Changelings have become interested in the Borg because maybe they can't link anymore and they want to kind of adapt. There's some something there with that, but I 
think that the Eremotic Syndrome is a legacy of Picard's assimilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was the misdiagnosis, and that is what's been passed on to Jack through you know nanoprobes in the sperm, yeah, or, or whatever right. other yeah. uh, biological process. Um, what I think I'm looking forward to is I'm sure it was confirmed that there's going to be a scene where they're all together on the Enterprise D bridge. So I what? Also, so I think oh, that I'll be screaming. I'll be screaming. Inside I, I will scream. of the Fleet Museum, because obviously it's Space Dock and they're all parked outside. Yeah. Space mm-hmm. Dock's got a quite big inside as well. I think they've recovered the Enterprise D from Viridian 3 and they've oh. got it inside the museum. The saucer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a scene where they're all going to be on the bridge. Uh, I also have a suspicion that in the Frontier Day finale big battle that will be coming because of this aspect of all the ships being linked together what they've explained mm-hmm. they're going to need to use old ships so i think all of the fleet museum ships are going to be used in that battle so it's Ooh, going to be a treat that we're going to see like the nxo one refit and voyager sure. yeah i don't think we want to get the bridges of all that'll be too much money no 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 no, no 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 that'll just be, yeah, be cool. shots external yeah. Shots, yeah. cgi yeah that'd be cool I, I think that they're my kind of i don't know if that's me just projecting my fanboy uh theories or whether it will happen but that's kind of what i'm hoping we get oh, if they all idea. if they're all on the enterprise d bridge i will literally be screaming like mm. there'll be they'll be screaming um no i like it i i support I support where this could potentially go. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I love the season. I love how um, it has really invigorated a lot of the, like this, right? This conversation and our excitement for like the CNG crew that we haven't gotten or should have gotten. Um, so I think it's great. It's, I, I can't believe there's only two weeks left. That's it. I know. You know? I know. It's done. And I, I like that they've, you know, I, at first I was kind of like, oh, we have to wait till June 15th for season two of Strange New Worlds. But I think we're all going to be feeling a little bit of a hung- hangover from Picard. And I kind of want, you know, that that break will be kind of nice to uh, <laughs> to have possibly. We'll see. Um, It'll be nice but, to be uh, able to go on Twitter on a Thursday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, going on Twitter any day of the week is a you know crapshoot. So, well, um, but now, but yeah. Mike, now that we don't have, we, we may not get these screening links. Uh, we need to be extra cautious. So, yes, yes, if we don't have the screener, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yep, gonna have to avoid all of that because uh, there is a big. According to Will Wheaton, he's not telling us who's on the ready room next week. Mm. There, but it's a there's a big surprise, at least one big surprise next week. Oh, so. God, okay, I'm uh, nervous. I'm nervous that's gonna be spoiled. That's like so. That's... You know what they're saying about this the setup for Legacy. Uh, Tim Russ said he's in two episodes. So yes, I heard I, that too. Oh, I, that pissed me off. Like, why yeah. would you? Why would you on Twitter go and say that? Yeah, Tim Ross actually yeah. spoiled it himself. He was yeah. the one going. Yeah, he did. Yeah, anyway. he did. Yeah, so, like so dumbass. Think, Come on. Yeah, I think there's going to be like a, a rescue scene. So right. all these people who've been replaced by changelings, I think you know Picard and Co are going to save them. They're going to walk into a room, and there's going to be legacy cameo characters. 
Yeah. And that's where I think we'll get Admiral Janeway. I mean, if oh, interesting. she's been mentioned five times, if she's yeah. not, if she's not in it, even if it's just audio over like the comms channel or something, and Kate's not actually seen, I, I think the fans will riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I think we're pretty pretty assured. I mean, again, you know, I'm I think we're pretty assured because I none, I wouldn't have thought of Tuvok, um, and mm. that scene was brilliant yeah. between mm-hmm. Jerry and Tim. So it's unfortunate that it was, you know tape separately you know and it, you know you couldn't couldn't really do it like face to face but um yeah i think uh yeah i think that you know they've been holding things back and i think that that's been really good mm. and and that's perhaps why we haven't gotten a, a screener because some asshole is going to ruin it for everyone so um yeah. that's the problem you know so i you know i i can absolutely stay off Social media. Johnson will probably stay up till three a.m. Eastern time to. Oh my god! I wish it, it wasn't at three a.m. Um, I wish it was like twelve e- twelve Eastern. That they. Oh, you'll just out. take your evening nap and be fine. You'll be fine. Mm. You'll suffer through the day, and then you'll be screaming at me at Slack saying, "Watch this episode now. <laughs> Watch it." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we have some Great. more surprises in store, and I'm For anxious sure. to see how this sets up legacy because yeah i do i do really i captain shaw has grown on me he was a complete asshole uh mm-hmm. in episode one and i did not like him i'm like who are you to be disrespecting these living legends yeah. um people that i grew up with so and then i've kind of slowly come to respect him and like him a little bit more uh, more and more every time we get to see him um but I, I'm not sure that he would be the lead. I, you know, I'm, I like him, but I don't like him enough to lead Star Trek Legacy. Yeah. Do like you I think? Really... That, do you think they're going to kill any of the Legacy characters? Do you think there's going to be a shock death? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that that's Terry Metalis's style, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and Ensign, given that we <laughs> Right. Well, that's true. I bet the, you know, the, the big seven, I don't, I don't foresee that being a thing. I I think that if we do, I think it's going to be a surprise uh, because maybe they've been replaced by a changeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and and we'll be paid off later or it'll be a cliffhanger at the end of nine into 10 something where we're oh I'm like nervous. I'm like nervous. Yeah, I, I am. I'm like, I I, I'm not worried about of, that. Um, there's um, they, they've done a good job of kind of the, the future in all good things. Uh, there's been a few things sprinkled through that have yeah. kind of happened in this timeline as well. Right. And I'm worried that they kind of do the whole, well, Deanna died in the future of all good things. Uh, so oh, yeah, it's like to mirror it uh, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, Amy Nelson, who I podcast with, is the biggest Deanna Troy fan in the universe. And any time I even hint at that suspicion, uh, she screams at me. So, <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I don't see nope. them doing that necessarily. I think, um, yeah, I think there are, yeah, I, I you know, I, it, unless... I, Unless it's a cliffhanger and they've been replaced by a changeling, um, 
But uh, so going back to, well, two other things I want to share. One, I, I hope we get to see the Enterprise G um, and who's captaining that. That would be kind of a, a cool little Easter egg. And then I really want... Uh, for Are we sure up to the G? Easy. Are we up no. to the G? F. No, so the F, so the F is being retired. So I, someone did a, a screen grab of Rafi's screen in either episode one or two, and with all those news articles up, and one of them is mm-hmm. that the F is being retired after you know it's twenty years old. The F is twenty years old or whatever, and after a recent mission has was greatly damaged and is not you know is going to be decommissioned. So. Um, it's one of the articles on the, Mm. when she was gathering all of her data and whatnot. I mean, the timing makes sense. The timing makes sense. I mean, mean, the, the, the D only lasted like seven years. So, yeah, but that would kind of then imply that the E didn't really see much action after Nemesis then with, well, I don't know what the timeline it was established yeah, what, that Worf the F was the captain of the E. Was that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was. Um, but the G, uh, the F was part of Star Trek Online's creation, mm. I think. Mm. So SEO is there like is, another thing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Maybe. But I, you know, I'm hoping Maybe. that we get to see the the next iteration, and then Ooh, um, my hope is for thing. Legacy that we get that it's led by um, Jerry Ryan. Like she becomes the captain of whatever ship, either the Titan or another ship, and we get yeah. to see her and this legacy crew. Yeah, I, I feel really she would like definitely be like on the legacy yeah. show if it happens. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, wasn't life. Terry Metalis her like assistant? Um, I, I I know obviously he worked on on Voyager as like a, a runner or something, very junior role. Uh, but I, I don't know if he just got close to Jerry as a friend over the years that followed or whether he was part of her like production team. So basically, I, I think that the relationship that is there between Terry and Jerry would almost guarantee her, uh, not oh, to yeah. say there's too much nepotism, but it would pretty much guarantee her a senior place at that conference table, Hope so. put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great to have her and all these younger kids, and uh, doing the next, gen- next, the next, mm. next generation. Yeah. Um, but um, we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, it's almost eleven your time, Calvin. So again, want to be respectful <laughs> of your time zone. <laughs> um, we talked through a lot. Where can our listeners find you? Oh, right. So you can find me over on uh, Facebook in the uh, BQN Collective Facebook group, which is the group for all of the BQN's podcasts. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Kelvin's Timeline. Cool. Very, very cool handle you've got there. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice <laughs> handle. A, good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, good job. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate you coming on. It's been a great discussion. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to meeting you in the future sometime. Yeah, maybe life, in person obviously. or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been really fun just coming, shooting the, the code and getting our opinions out and all the uh, speculation. <laughs> so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for asking me on. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, thanks a lot, Kelvin. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Fansets. 
for being the pre premier sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Fan sets makes incredible pin collectibles. And in fact, they've released a bunch of new ones since we last talked, including a Ben Benjamin Cisco, Captain Cisco uh, pin, uh, a Christine Chapel from Strange New Worlds pin, and they're also doing all these really cool different next generation deltas. So there was the delta, the original like one that we saw on the show, and now they're they've got two other ones. There's an ensign delta version one, which is gold and silver. And now they have a silver, silver magnet and pin uh, for, it's called Ensign Delta version two. Now, I don't remember. Uh, wait, are these canon? Are these like real? I don't know. I mean, Delta? they're obviously approved by, um, they get Paramount. approved. So um, by hmm. CBS or slash Paramount Plus, whatever, whatever the, the whatever. now is named. <laughs> whatever they're called. Um, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, so I don't know now, you know, I, I haven't watched next gen in a long time. Now I'm just curious. If yeah, I don't know. I never noticed that the pins on the ensigns were different. So, hmm. um, I wonder if that would have been in the lower decks episode, maybe, but I think I would, I really think we would have noticed that. But anyway, they're really cool. I, I mean, the silver on silver is actually really cool. I like that. Hmm. The, the, the um obviously I have the traditional one and then they inverted the traditional one and did a gold delta on a silver background. So these are really cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So and they also okay. have, have included a uh, Voyager 29th century time delta pin, which is a sideway one, which I don't really remember, but I knew they were different. So um yeah. Hmm. Really cool stuff. Um cool. So head on over to fansets.com. Look at the new releases. You can go to the fan shop there and select new releases. You'll see all the latest releases, or you can do it by series or other pins. Um, really cool collectibles. Also, you know, really a great team behind fansets who are, are super fans like us, uh, really put care and quality into designing all of these pins. So... Give them the support. Head on over to fansets.com. Put a bunch of pins in your in your cart. Two things. If you're if you spend over $30, and let me tell you, that's really easy to do. You're gonna get free shipping in the US. And if you use the code TrekGeeks, all one word, you're gonna get 10% off your order. And we want to thank Fansets for being the premier sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. So, Johnson, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us and tell us what they think about... Yeah, definitely. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you want to reach us on social media, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Prime, or you can shoot us an email at DSpacePride at gmail.com. And let us know if you all have any guests that you would like us to have on in the future. And we yeah. will take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, well, here we are. We're two weeks away from the cards. I know. Day. And then, wait, when does Strange Worlds come out again? June, July? Uh, what? June fifth. June fifteenth. Oh, God, will I still be alive? Well, now you have a reason to live. 
Okay. To well. see Daddy Pike. It's really far. Because now we're getting... Okay, so we're getting that. We're getting Lower Decks in... Do they, do they confirm dates, or is it just August, as usual? So, summer, late summer, I think, for... For lower decks, which I think is pretty right. standard now, you That's know, pretty like, standard. Yes, yeah, usually August, yeah. July, August, yeah. and then Prodigy in just like winter. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, is that so? Technically, that's you know December twenty. I mean, winter is December. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, and you know what? We didn't even, and we don't have to. I just want to. Give a great shout out to those fantastic, um, uh, what do I want to call it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Not releases, but, um, you know, the fantastic news announcements on First Contact Day, weren't they? Oh my God. (laughs) Didn't they just blow everyone away? It's so amazing. So, yeah, I feel that like they're, they should have just waited. I mean, unless they're trying to make it. The internet agrees with us. I don't the know if like, they, they want to make it less of a big deal or something on purpose. I don't know. It's absolutely it's illogical. Weird. No, it's illogical. It's, it's yes, weird is the least. I mean, they don't have to, like, appropriate. they don't have to eventize it like they have in the past. Because, yeah, like, in the past, they've done this whole thing, right? Like, it's literally like a whole dog and pony show. It doesn't need to be that. They just save announcements and just wait a week or two and just have it yes. on first contact day yeah. and just make it Correct. more special. Like they don't have a, have a, it, I don't care about them having like an event in LA. Like they don't need to do that, but no, they don't need to do an event, but you know, like a, yeah, a video that drops at like 12 in, you know, 12 Pacific and you know, that's 3 PM Eastern and just, you know, announce these things with some some sort of fanfare and, you know, yeah. make a big deal out of it. 15-minute web broadcast, it's not that hard to do. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we usually, I mean, I work in marketing, as some of our listeners know, and it's all about generating buzz and conversation, right? So why don't you eventize it? Because, you know, you have these announcements, so just save them so that they drop all one time. So you create that conversation peak versus literally kind of no just planning around dribbling it out. You know, yeah. it's kind of odd. Yeah, it's um, it's the least. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know. Many, was, uh... So many words that I just cannot even say out loud because yeah. it's partially embarrassing, and you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so yes, here we, we have are. Starfleet Academy coming out. We have right. what else? What else got announced before First Contact Day? Oh, the mm. release schedule for all these shows. Right, so, right. Um, we have yet to get a. You know, hey, it would have been great to even get a Strange New Worlds season two trailer on First that's, Contact. That's true. Yeah, because it's soon. They they feel. I feel they must have something. So nope. Nothing. So great job using a day that every fan was paying attention to. And um, yeah, great job. <laughs> Not doing anything. I'm sorry. I, and I really, I, you know, I, you know, I hate being a negative person. And this, this is just. No, I don't mind being negative at all. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So one of us was just telling the truth and one of us wasn't. You get to decide, <laughs> dear listeners. Um, yeah, so anyway. But um, yeah, we'll be back uh, after this releases. We'll be back uh, after the finale to... Yeah talk through mm-hmm. our feelings on the end of season three and the end of Picard mm-hmm. as a show. I know. Sad. So, uh, yeah, I'm like slightly, um, slightly spiteful that we didn't get this in earlier seasons, but here we are. So better yeah. late well, than never, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, here's hoping, but you know, it's doubtful that this would happen, but that, you know, Patrick Stewart says, let's do another season. It's not so, going to happen. Not, no. There's no way, you know. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, here we are. Here well, we are. Uh, thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back uh, after the finale to talk through our feelings on that. Um, hopefully, we'll have a guest lined up to join us to, to discuss all that. And, um, Yeah. And then we'll, yeah, look to the future. Look to, um, look to Starfleet Academy. No, I'm all kidding. Right. Um, but thanks, everyone, cool. for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.